Hi, I'm David Brothers, and I'm here with Jimmy Robinson, creator of Bomb Queen, Five Weapons, and uh, several other books. Jimmy, I just want to start from the beginning. Uh, What's your history with comics? When did you first start reading them? When I... Oh, jeez. I actually got in kind of late. I didn't start early like some people. I got in, I guess, late, late teens. And then for a while, I I got out, and I was skateboarding and all kind of things, and I don't know. Uh, But... but my, some of my earliest stuff was in my teens, and my mom was bringing me comics hmm. because I was doing stuff. You know, I, was, I would draw at home, but I didn't actually go out to comic book stores and all that stuff. But my mom worked with somebody who actually owned a comic book store, you know, as kind of their hobby of sorts. Wow. And and he saw my work, and he would give her books to then bring to me when she came home from work. And he would put like little post-its on it and stuff, like notice the inking here, see the color there, see this artist here. It was interesting. He's like a comic book angel, and I've, I've never met the guy. I don't know. That was my first real That's amazing, because that's yeah. almost like a mentorship at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he, was, he was helping me out in a way. It was kind of weird. And, uh, uh, but his store is gone now, and I don't know. I have no idea. He's just an angel of this <laughs> history comic book angel <laughs> he served his purpose and he returned to heaven <laughs> yeah exactly yeah it's, it's, uh, yeah he's gone so that, you were drawing I, before you started reading comics yeah i was yeah i was drawing my little version of what i thought comics were like you know um i would see stuff on tv i liked it so i draw a picture and then i draw another picture after that and after that and i didn't even know i was making sequential art i was just trying to make what I saw on television, like the Flintstones and wow. Speed Racer and Kimba the White Lion and stuff like that. And I was just following along with that. And I just didn't have a whole comic book culture or anything in my head. I just was following what I thought a comic book should look like. You know, I've seen a few. Yeah. And so, you know, I was just following that model. But no one had ever, like, sat me down and said, no, Jimmy, this these are the comics and these are the artists. These are the publishers. This is where you go buy the comics, and these are the people that read the comics. Is no, none of that. It was just my little world, and I was just drawing them. So, are you entirely self-taught? Did you ever take classes or anything? I, I am entirely self-taught. I mean, for I had a few. I, I, it was an elementary school I went to called Mosswood Arts. It was a an, uh, an arts magnet program in Oakland, California, and it. Um, you know, for about three or four years, I was there. But you know, I mean, we're talking elementary. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing like that. And like I said, we just made our own little books and we draw these little pictures and staple them together like zines mm. and say, "Here's my book." Woo! You know, that's kind of the end of it. And <laughs> that's cool, though. I mean, it's interesting because uh, I feel like a lot of people discover comics early and then decide to draw comics. But it sounds like you kind of had like a parallel development. Yeah, that's a good that's a good uh that's a good way of looking at it. It was a parallel development. I knew they were out there. I just did not get immersed with them. I you know I and to this day mm-hmm. I'm still learning what I should have learned as a kid, you know, who to really appreciate the silver age artists, the golden age artists. Uh, all that stuff is just like over my head. I'm just, really, I mean, people could name drop on me and I'm like, what, who? <laughs> <laughs> because I just didn't grow, grow up with that. And all my, um, all the people in my, you know, in my neighborhood or whatever, we weren't doing that either. You know, we're just in this little ghetto in the Oakland, 
And no, none of the kids that I knew read comics. It was not like a thing. And I was an only child, so nobody ever brought comics until, mm-hmm. like I said, my mom started um, bringing some home from a friend because he saw some of my work and said, hey, he look, looks like he's trying to draw comics. <laughs> That's cool. How long did it take you to kind of uh, like discover your style or develop your style? Yeah, that's that's a tricky one because uh, when I did start really thinking about it, I was in the I was under the impression that I well I guess I need to draw like a Marvel house style or something, and I just could never nail it. And it's just such an evolving style, and I still don't have that much confidence in to be honest. I, I just keep learning here, learning there, and. I don't know. I that's really don't answer that. Yeah, that's it. Like, I feel like you have a style, uh, like, I have confidence in your style if you don't. Like, you make a lot of interesting and brave decisions that if you weren't good, like, you could never pull off. So I feel like there's definitely something there. Yeah, there's there's a mishmash of things going on. Um, it, it's just that I'm trying to tell a story and and there's a lot of different, I guess, influences. The you know, TV, mm-hmm. movies, manga, animation, you know, comics. Obviously, every there's just uh, the illustration, design. There's a lot of design aspect to it, and I I just I just kind of keep making it up. I, I tell you, I, I change so much stuff right at the last minute. I mean, I I, I will write out a full script for myself, mm-hmm. and yet when I sit down to draw it, I'm. I'm I, I can just completely ignore my entire script that I wrote <laughs> because I'm thinking, hey, man, this is a cool idea. I should go this direction. And, you know, I'm, it's gotten me in so much trouble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it's an evolving style. And I wish I could answer it more appropriately. Like, you know, what have I, what real influences and what is really, what style am I really working in? I don't know. I just keep moving. Yeah. Did you ever have kind of a, uh, like a group of friends or a community or studio that you worked with? Uh, Even online or in person, whichever, you know, however it worked out for you. Uh, not not that we worked with, but there was, for a while, there was a group of us in the San Francisco Bay Area that would get together once a month and just socialize and talk about our stuff. But we didn't actually work mm-hmm. on art so much. But, I mean, there was, I mean, Derek... Kim Kirk and you know uh, Gene and uh, uh, there, there were some cool people in there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know these are guys I used to just hang out with all the time. It's uh, uh, Shepard Hendricks and stuff. We were just we we would mostly get together and then sit around and talk. Oh, and Jason Shiga, who is a just a oh, wow. uh, yeah, Jason Shiga used to hang out with him and. Uh, um, we we would mostly talk. I mean, it, and it would move from house to house. You know, these gatherings. The thing is, when we went to Jason's house, we did sit down and draw. Jason had this thing where, hey, we're all together, let's all draw. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody would go to their kind of little corners, and and I guess I guess I have to draw something. But I I am so I don't know self conscious about my art. Like I said, I don't have a true style, and mm-hmm. even when I. Even when I'm at conventions and someone asks me, "Hey, Jimmy, can you draw me a sketch?" I I start sweating because <laughs> I I mean I don't know what might come off my pencil because you know is it going to be cartoony? Will it be kind of serious? Is it superhero esque? Is it whatever? And I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the diversity of your work is interesting. Uh, 
bomb queens and five weapons is probably the easiest comparison to make because one's <laughs> very adult and the other is very kid friendly. Yeah, that's that's true. And uh, uh, even bomb queen though was a little comical, which is yeah. like, which is why I thought you know, which is why most people I think give it a pass. As opposed to, you know, I get to be called cheesecake, but it's like they really get that I'm doing it for fun. I'm not really seriously trying to say this is what women look like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's some there's some artists who get nailed on, you know, oh, you're just a sexist guy. You're drawing women like blah, blah. But I could draw a bomb queen and I've got so many female readers. They come to the table. They love it. Yeah. I, they get it, I guess. And there's a little comic side to it, you know, a little humor side. And it is, it's very over the top. But yeah, I did switch gears for um, Five Weapons. I really tried to make it look different. I mean, I, even in how I produce it, it's, it's, it's um, all pencil. There's no ink. So I uh, tried to make it rougher, but that didn't work. I still have a clean line, I guess. <laughs> but but um, yeah, there's, there's that style. Um, uh, a thing I did with Av- Avagon with Image, that's like manga, like real manga looking like really surreal you wouldn't even think it was me I, even I look back at it and say I did this <laughs> <laughs> and then there's uh, Code Blue and Evil and Malice and uh, uh, A Man and Gun just a bunch of things and I, I kept switching every time and Five Weapons is just the latest switch are the switches uh, is it like this story needs this style or is it like I have this style and I kind of want to see where it takes me no it's this story needs this style um, <clears throat> you know, when I did Evil and Malice, it's kind of like an all-ages book for girls, specifically like girl stuff, like what mm-hmm. was, I guess, like Power Puffs or, you know, people think is primarily for girls, which, which is not true. I'm just saying it, it looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when, I, when I did Evil and Malice, that, that was the intent, was to make it look like Saturday morning cartoon to make it cute and all this stuff. And because um, uh, that's the, what I wanted to get across with these two cute girls who were making a mess out of being superheroes. And that was fun. But uh, uh, um, I, I, <laughs> I, I mostly do think of, of the, the art has to fit the story first. And then I'll go after the story. So uh, that's where I am with that. So it's kind of a broad question, but uh, like, how did. When you made the decision to do five weapons, like where did that come from? Was it kind of an answer to the work you'd been doing in Bomb Queen? You were like, okay, I've done like this really kind of raunchy satire stuff, and now I want to do something earnest and straightforward. A, a little bit. I mean, but actually Bomb Queen's an anomaly. I mean, that's out of all the work I've done, Bomb Queen is the one that's well, most people know me for because I've done it for a, a, you know so many years. Yeah. But Bomb Queen's really out of my body of work, the one that should be, you know, this is not like the others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with five weapons, I, I, uh, there was some of that. I do want to do something different because Tyler Shane line who works at image comics <laughs> and I were talking at the 20th anniversary of image at the cartoon art museum in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And we're just talking and, and he's like, man, I like comics to be fun. You know what happened to the fun in comics? Cause we were just talking about, you know, some, current comics and they're yeah. all like gritty dark very crime, miserable bloody yeah everything and i'm like yeah what happened to good fun comics and i'm thinking wait a minute i'm, I'm doing bomb queen right now <laughs> 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 i'm not contributing to this so, so that that was kind of the impetus and 
but I also had five weapons already in my head. Mm-hmm. It, it's just I was doing Bomb Queen at the time. And uh, five weapons, is, it springs off of an old Buddhist myth, fable about Prince Five Weapons, who was, um, I think, one of the incarnations of the Buddha or whatever, If you know, for those uh, subscribed to all that. Mm-hmm. He was just a guy who learned about using these five deadly weapons or whatnot, and he goes out in the forest and runs across this monster, and all his weapons fail him. And it wasn't until he used his head how to defeat the monster, uh, to trick the monster or defeat it or whatever you want to call it, that he won. And that's, you know, that's that's pretty much where uh, I, I I got the idea from this old fable. And mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you can read into it. Did he trick him or did he, you know, was it a spiritual thing or however one wants to read into it, That's that's them. But I wanted to use it because it was about using your mind instead of, Depending on your weapons, and that's what I wanted to uh, get across to to the readers. Not to be didactic about it about it or anything. I just wanted to you know show that side of it because most comics are about brawn over brain. You know, it's, it is mostly about beating. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's very either or. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's plenty of there's plenty of uh, books out there where they do both. You know, they they figure something out and then they go beat somebody up because they figured it out, <laughs> or they figured out how to beat somebody up, <laughs> figure out their weak spot and they they that's where they hit them. But um, I, I just wanted to do something different, and uh, Five Weapons was a good vehicle for it. Uh, so you do a lot of conventions, or at least I've seen you at several conventions. Maybe because I'm local. But uh, what's that experience like for you? Like, are you a, are you fond of being behind the table and uh, just shilling books all weekend? I do, I am. I totally love conventions, and uh, uh, I, I'll just when I go to a convention, that's all I do. Mm-hmm. I went to New York last year, and I didn't even see New York. I just went to New York Comic Con. That's <laughs> from there to the hotel and back. You know, maybe to a restaurant and back. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I, I will be chained to my table, and uh, I don't even get to see the convention floor much or anything. I just like being there. I like talking with fans and doing sketches and stuff like that. And, you know, a lot of times my wife gets on my case because a lot of times I just draw sketches for people, you know, for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're there and they... They think they're supposed to pay me. I'm like, no, dude, just go. It's fine. I mean, you got a sketchbook. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) If someone's going to ask you for a real elaborate piece and they bring you this Bristol board and all that, and yeah, it's I'll charge for that. But mostly people have you know the black bound sketchbook that they get sketches from all these people, and I'm like, fine. It's not a big deal for me. So yeah, I like conventions. I I like the community and I like the uh, the the industry involvement and. um, I used to do panels. I haven't done panels in a long time. Uh, Is that something you miss doing? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's just I'm I'm kind of weird on panels because a lot of times the topics are for teams. You know, the writer, the artist, the inker, the color, and, and I just do my book all myself. I do yeah. everything. <laughs> so I'm not like. I mean, I can I can still answer questions based on uh, the writer side of it, but then you know I'll talk about how I'll change what I wrote because yeah. I'm also the artist. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of like defeat my own question. <laughs> so it, it's it's kind of weird that way, but I I do miss them, and um, you know I just haven't been on one in a while, and 
I don't know. Uh, I don't know if, what I can really contribute, but I, I try to inspire people to, to get up and create their own content. Because people keep asking me, so how do you break in or how do you do it or whatever. And, you know, every creator has their own answers. There's no yeah. one answer. So I think someone it. said that once someone breaks in using one method, then that method is closed forever. <laughs> <laughs> that might be so. <laughs> well, my, my thing I've, I've always said was that it's not all that hard to break into comics. It's hard to stay in comics. Hmm. So, so, I mean, there's a lot of avenues for you know, self-publishing, you can just do stuff online. You can do, you know, Comicsology submit. You can do a Kickstarter. You can do print-on-demand. You can just make your own zine and go to like Ape or some other alternative press thing. You, you know, you can do consignment directly with your local retailer. There's all kind of ways to, you know, get your book on a shelf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just hard as hell to um, keep doing it. And to be viable, and you know, and to make it work—that's, I, I would think that's some of the real difference be- between those who, you know, weaken warriors and those who really make a career out of it. So, is it uh, when you talk of staying in comics, is it keeping your own confidence and uh, production up, or working with someone, or like actually just staying in the industry itself, like sticking with a publisher or that kind of thing? Yeah, that's that. That's. That's going to be a different answer for every individual of mm. what they want out of comics. Because for some people, they have a pretty narrow idea of what they think comics is. They think it's you know Marvel, DC, Image, Dark Horse. What that's you know that's their comic industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's you know, but if you step back, the way I like to look at it, the comic industry is extremely wide. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just on so many different levels, and there's all these different stages that you could step in at. Of course, we'd all like to step in at the highest level. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's, um, uh, you know, I, I think it's the definition is different for everyone, what they want out of that, you know, out of that question. So I, I can't speak for everyone, anyone else, but I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I guess, well, for you specifically, like, what does staying in comics mean for you? For yeah, our- yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, specifically, um, it means being viable. It means having a product that supports itself. Because mm-hmm. um, I could do a book and it just won't sell, and then you know, I could I could still do the book even though it's like in the red or something. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to do books that are in the red. So I, I because I have a publisher, Image, and I want I don't want Image. To- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, for the Image model, if your book's in the red, it's out anyway. It, it has yeah. to be viable that way. Uh, and I like uh, making books that people read in whatever little niche I'm trying to create. If I could do that, I feel I'm still in comics, you might say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, the money may not be great. Sometimes the money's great. Sometimes the money isn't great. But as long as I'm, I guess, still... <sighs> How could I say it? <laughs> like still putting stuff out, it seems like. Like still making things that people want to read. Yeah, that's true. It's still, But then I can do that and it could be junk, you know. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> there's, there's always, you know, especially nowadays in this uh, 
is, uh, the internet age, there's always a community out there for no matter what you're doing, what, no matter what you're drawing. Yeah. <laughs> there's 10 people who want to read that. <laughs> so I, I'm trying to reach a wider, and I have to consider the retailers. I, I, I'm always concerned about the retailers. So when I mean viable, I mean retailers order your books and they're, they're stuck with them. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, hey, I'm just going to play around with this crazy idea that, you know, maybe 10 people will buy. I, I need more people to buy because I want retailers to have confidence in me. So then they order my books more or they order the next switch of gears that I'm going to do in the future. So that's, you know, eh, when I mean viable, I guess I mean on all cylinders okay. across publisher, retailer, fan, and what I want to do as well and conventions and all that stuff. Okay. That, 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 at least at this point in my career, there was a time when I would just, you know, I would eat dirt. I don't care. I was like, get the book in there. <laughs> but those, those, those days are kind of over now. Now that I'm, you know, at a point where I could do something and really try and do something different, that's, that's where I am with viability, you might say. Okay. Uh, you do, uh, you talk, you leave comments and things online uh, pretty often, <laughs> which is kind of interesting because I feel like a lot of comics creators don't. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where people feel like if they're the loud ones, then it will reflect uh-huh. on their work, or like they might get you know not picked for a job or something. That's true. I've been in trouble plenty of times. <laughs> <laughs> but so, what did you just do? You just do it just because you feel like you can add to the conversation, like and damn the consequences. <laughs> uh, um. Hmm. It, it it depends on the piece. Uh-huh. Um, in particular, there was a CBR piece I did a long time ago. Are you helping comics? I think it was called something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, CBR actually wanted they you know they wanted me to be the Howard Stern. They like said, "Hey man, let's be a little punchy here if you want." And you know they weren't saying, "Hey, go be controversial." Yeah. But they said, "Hey, you can do whatever you want, even if you want to do that." And I I bid at it. I said, "Yeah, sure, I'll, I'll put I'll put myself out there and." That was me doing it. It wasn't CBR, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> it just gave me the option and I took it. Uh, other times I um, I do speak up because I think I have something to say, but I also kind of just want to be the devil's advocate sometimes because there's so much one-sided view of comics a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, that a lot of people think the comic industry is just you know so many publishers and that's it. Or, you know, if you're not making a book on this level, you're not making a comic. And that's that's not true. And so sometimes I speak up because of that. And, yeah, it could get me in trouble. You know, I remember speaking up about um, uh, Blue Water hmm. publisher. You know, a lot of people <laughs> hate Blue Water. <laughs> but I... I I've, I've defended them in the past because I'm like, well, who else is doing autobio comics? You know, I'd understand if I had a choice. Right now, I don't even have a choice. So, yeah. so if they want to do, you know, Pope Francis comic or or Martha Stewart comic, you know, I'm gonna have to say, hey, good for them because no one else is doing it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd understand if they made a lousy version of the Martha Stewart comic as opposed to somebody else, but that's not happening. So I gotta speak up. I say, hey, man, don't rip on them. They're doing it, and I I will always give credit to somebody who does it. You know, I, people come to my uh, table at conventions a lot, and they're showing me art and all that. And I, one of the questions I often ask is, "When did you draw this?" And sometimes I say, "Oh yeah, I drew that like three years ago." I'm like, "Dude, you're not doing it right now. You did something, you know, whatever." But yeah, 
you know, I always give credit to those. I mean, it doesn't have to be great, but the fact is somebody brings me a 22-page completed book. It's a lot of work. It's They did it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sure, they might need to work on backgrounds or characters or, or foreshadowing or something or the lettering or the whatever. I, you know, I, I still always give them credit. Dude, you sat down. You thought it through. You did an entire product. You get you get higher ranks than this guy who did like five different pictures that are really gorgeous. But you don't. You did a book. Yeah, <laughs> you did five gorgeous pictures. <laughs> and so that's yeah, that gets me in trouble sometimes because I want to speak up like that. I uh, uh, I will make comments, but you know I don't go off the deep end. I hope I'm not. <laughs> no, you always seem really. Uh, I guess measured is the word. Like you've put some thought into it. I, I try, and I like I said, I just try to be a devil's advocate, and I do try to see things from two sides. You know, like I think um, the Powerpuff Girls cover came up recently, and yeah. uh, I spoke on that, and I was just kind of looking at it from both sides. I, you know, I told people, hey, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it does look kind of weird. It might be a little creepy <laughs> <laughs> for you know this whatever sex sexing up these uh, uh, all ages characters, whatever, but. You know, I look at it the flip side. Cartoon Network hired her. Uh, that's the artist's style, and it doesn't mean that it's always for little girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just like I, you know, uh, 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 just like My Little Ponies is watched by a lot, <laughs> a lot of men. Yeah, <laughs> Adventure Time. You know, you can go down the you can go down the list of uh, of uh, cartoons that are just appreciated by college kids and up. And hey. Powerpuff the same way. They they had a lot of adult audiences that really liked it. It was just a different version. I was you know whatever, but yeah, I I, I will speak up and I'll say hey, this and that. But yeah, I, I do think the two sides is uh, often missing in comics, like you were saying. I'm definitely guilty of it myself because you kind <laughs> of like you, you know you come to a conclusion and then like that's your conclusion, like you just stick with it. Yeah. And without someone saying you know hey what about you know this thing you might have forgot about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is the case, and and you know, I'll I'll be wrong. I'll, I'll fess up if I'm wrong. I've 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 apologized more than once. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> because I've said something too early. That that's been my problem, David. Is that sometimes I'll speak up, but I should wait <laughs> because you know, you know, before you know it, there's there's Kurt Busiek saying something, and there's all these other people yeah, that saying guy. something. <laughs> I'm like, Oh man, I put my foot in it, and these guys got it right, and I got it. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that, that's kind of important. But yeah, I will say something, and I will, um, you know, um, just uh, not only on, in comments, but in my work as well. I try to do something that if I don't see it on a shelf, I'm trying to do it. Yeah, I, I did Bomb Queen because I just didn't see any villain books. Uh, I mean, there's some villain books out there, but they were pretty much, you know. The standard superhero, you know, ex hero turned villain or bad childhood or yeah. misguided or whatever. There was no true, true, true villain books out there, which was a complete polar opposite of the hero book. And so that's why I did Bomb Queen. And, you know, that, that was another thing where I was kind of making my voice about, I'm going to have a villain and they're going to win every time. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like it worked. I mean, you got, there's like three of those fat hardcovers. You worked on it for a long time. Yeah, four of them. Yeah, they're. Um, um, oh, the yeah. fourth came out. Yeah, all four deluxe volumes came out, and there was a hardback before that, and yeah, eight volumes of that uh, in trades, and yeah, thirty some odd issues. That's just almost almost thirty issues, I should say, and that's it. Did work? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but it was one of those things where a lot of people got what they wanted out of it. Uh, I, it was almost a cautionary tale that I was trying to get out there. But, you know, I will get people to come up and they're like, I love Bomb Queen. You should have her, you know, blow up Sarah Palin or something. <laughs> and I try to get it across. And I'm like, dude, she would love Sarah Palin. You're not getting it. <laughs> She's the villain. Of course she likes Sarah Palin. <laughs> Why would she kill Sarah, Sarah Palin? <laughs> you know, or, or fill in the blank, whatever. So, uh, but, you know, everyone got what they wanted. And some people came up to me and they completely got it. But some people only wanted to see the TNA and forget all the story I was writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. But I, as, as the creator, I can only do what I do and put it out there. And it's not up to me to tell the reader how to read it, how to interpret it. You know, that's mm-hmm. something every creator should understand that um, no matter what they put out there, it's out there. It's gone. It, you know, it's kind of the end of it <laughs> on my side of the stick. Yeah. Uh, so I saw you talking recently uh, that you're you've been in comics for 20 years now since '94. That's correct, '94. Uh, so I mean, I don't want to make it sound like that's a long time, but I mean that's a that's more that's longer than I've done anything in my entire life. Like, how does that feel to you know just to have this job and for that to be your thing? That's that's true, and uh, well, to, to to clear it up, it wasn't always my my sole job. I mean, yeah. I I say two thousand and five. <laughs> I say two thousand and five. It became kind of my sole job, so it's okay. not that long. But I mean, I'm I was still. I'm, but when I say that, I mean my day job at the time was just really this tiny little it was supplementary yeah <laughs> it, it, i wasn't depending on that as much as i was you know the comics were still doing doing pretty you know doing okay in my circumstances mm-hmm. but um it wasn't until 2005 or so that i said you know what i don't even need this other day i don't know why i'm still there <laughs> <laughs> and i was just helping out really i was helping out friends is what i was doing and and you know my wife even got on my case lately because I would go and help them and not even charge them or anything. It's like, I don't need to charge them anything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, um, uh, how does it feel after 20 years from self-publishing? That's when I consider that it all started because I was self-publishing in 1994 and my books were you know, sold mm-hmm. like everyone else. I was literally in my books sitting next to... Uh, x-men and other books <laughs> uh that it feels weird it, it doesn't feel like 20 years and because i've switched gears so many times i don't feel like i've made a significant impact you know like stan hmm. sakai has done yusagi yojimbo you know for like 20 some odd years yeah like 130 <laughs> issues it's... yeah yeah <laughs> five years and you know eric larson has done savage dragon for like you know major years and that to me is an impact they have an extreme body you know huge body of work with this particular title that they you know that you can pin on them and i just don't have that you know i (laughs) i've been swinging at bat for 20 years at all these different uh books genres Mm -hmm. and styles and I don't have any one thing they say, oh, yeah, well, I mean, Bomb Queen, I guess, is the one that's lasted the longest. But now I've moved away from it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've got, I tell you, Dave, I, I get, I get um, um, asked every, you know, every month, you know, 
So when are you going to go back to Bomb Queen? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I will get back to Bomb Queen. I'll probably do a one-shot special or something. But right now I'm switching gears to five weapons. But, yeah, it just feels weird. Uh, you know, I, I think last year at San Diego Comic-Con, Heidi McDonald from The Beat, um, you know, talked to me you know, in a little podcast interview and and, you know, she was doing the same thing. She's like, so you're, you're you know, you're an icon. And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't know what you're talking about. But it, that was, it feels weird. That's that's what I'm, but I, I feel like, I, I think like I wrote in that piece you're referring to, like a survivor more than anything else. Yeah. And uh, I, I've just endured. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if that's a business model a lot of people want to, want to hear <laughs> <laughs> but it's true at the same time it's kind of the nature of uh creative works that you kind of have to like you, not everything is going to be a hit that's very true i think there was one book i did for image called code blue which was a hospital drama it was the equivalent of er or gray's anatomy or whatever i mean that's all it was it's seriously there's no monsters no zombies no nothing <laughs> it was just a straight out drama romance whatever and it only lasts one issue wow I pulled it I, because they said, hey, Jimmy, so where's the next issue? I'm like, you know what? This is not going to work. I mean, the sales were really bad on it and all that. But that was, you know, what you're just saying. Uh, you know, there's a <laughs> <laughs> I attempted something and, and I just, uh, it, not all of them are going to work. And I, that one, I, I pulled the plug on myself. Other times, Evil and Malice was supposed to be four issues and it got truncated to three because the sales were not going to allow the fourth issue to come out. Mm-hmm. And then no, I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else has kind of worked. Uh, well, the T Runt book I did for Jim Valentino, that was um, from his Silver Line uh, division. He was making actual children's books, not comic books, but you know, mm-hmm. he was actually trying to break into the book market, which was great. Uh, and I did that book. That book, yeah. It's, it got made, but <laughs> I doubt there'll ever be a, a, a sequel to that. <laughs> um, uh, you know, a couple of anthologies here and there that other people worked on. Uh, but yeah, I, I've, I've been the bat a lot of times swinging at that same ball. <laughs> and I, I'd like to say that, I, you know, I've gotten base hits, maybe a double, but I've never had a home run, you know. Okay. <laughs> So, I, you know, yeah, I, I kind of say I'm on the team. I'm, you know, pu- published by Image and, and whatnot. You know, I should say specifically Shadowline to be to be precise. There. <laughs> so, so I'm on the team, but yeah, I'm I'm no Brian K. Vaughn or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not knocking home runs when I get up the plate. I'm just the dependable guy who keeps getting on base. Yeah, <laughs> which is still like that's still vital. It is. It can. Yes. It 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 is vital, and I, I won't. I won't. You know poo-poo on that too much i just kind of <laughs> <laughs> it just it does feel kind of I, I will say it does feel kind of weird after 20 years and you know your best books i don't say your best book but whatever books you're doing you know they're ranking in the five six k nowadays yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know they're like really down there and uh, uh I, I think it was uh, the very last Two issues of Bomb Queen, I actually fell off the top 300 for the first time. Wow. You know that top 300 list that they put out every month? Yeah. <laughs> and I was going like, I'm not even on the top 300 list. I'm like, wow. 
things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of those things where, yeah, I've been, it, it feels kind of weird that I've been doing it for 20 years and a small segment of the industry knows me okay. <laughs> but I'm not, you know, I'm, I, I mean, when I first, my very first image book, Amanda and Gunn, when Jim Valentino was president, that did, you know, fairly well for a black and white book. I was really impressed. And, you know, silly me, I, you know, after four issues of that and I wrapped up the story arc, I'm like, hey, I want to do something different now. It's like, I had a great start. <laughs> you know, the, the, the industry received it well. They liked it and all this stuff. And then people were like, hey, this is, this is all right, Jimmy, blah, blah. I'm like, hey, hey I'm going to do something else now. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, Jim Valentino could just, you know, sit there and say, okay, what else do you want to do then? <laughs> but the, to Valentino's credit, you know, he always lets the creator make those calls. Yeah, even if I'm making faces. this. Amazing. Yeah, even even if I make a stupid call, Valentino will say, "Hey, man, you know, I'm I'm warning you, I'm letting you know, but you are the creator of the book." <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want like you've mostly worked in uh, like finite works or you know, like Bomb Queen? I think was the longest. Um, do you want to do like a Savage Dragon? Is that something that you're aiming for at some point, or is it just something that you can do if you chose to do it? Yeah, I, I think it's the latter. I can do it if I want to, but I I will admit I started with Image again with Valentino with the limited series format. That's mm-hmm. that's I've been doing limited series since, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I've, I've always thought, well, this, this is the most I could really do, kind of a thing. But I could all I could do an all you know ongoing if I if I wanted to, but I didn't think I was ever offered until just recently yeah you know said dude just keep going with this we like it but yeah i i've uh because you know i always thought the image model was you you come here and you do it you know you do what you do what you do yeah. as a creator and if it works it works and you have as a creator the option to leave it and Shadowline in the early days did work on the model of we only do miniseries because valentino loves diversity mm-hmm he um um he he wants to get as many things out there as possible that's not superhero related he he created what was called the non line back in the 1990s mm-hmm. and um i was part of that because he, he was just trying to create a non superhero line and uh you know but nowadays the image model is exactly that yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know because you know in the 90s it was all about you know spawn and savage dragon and wildcats and all this stuff it was you know <laughs> it, it was all superhero all the time and jim valentino wanted to use his uh cloud as an image partner to bring something new to the table and uh i was part of that when he started the the non-line and uh um I, I I've just been with that mode ever since that I'm going to do a, another mini series, <laughs> and uh, I get you, you know what you're right. I just kind of I just kind of always thought that's what I could do, but I've always had in the back of my head, yeah, I could do an ongoing if I wanted, but I've always wondered if it was the right thing, you know, the right ongoing. You know? Interesting. You know, I because I didn't have a Savage Dragon or an Invincible or something like that. <laughs> um, five weapons I feel can you know have that potential. You know, I've already written out like twenty issue story arc for it. Wow, that's cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it may not make it there because the sales are really low on it right now. But it, I still thought you know, and and I think that's the 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 real key is that when you think you're going to do it and you actually do it. You, you you skeleton key out, you know, 
20 issue arc, that means you know what you're doing and that's what you want to try and do. Yeah. And before I had not done that. Before it was less, I can tell a beginning, middle, end, and four issues. Sure. <laughs> so it's kind of like setting expectations for yourself in a way. Yeah, exactly. And I, um, I just said, yeah, I could, you know, of course I can. <laughs> it was, just, it was, you know, when I did five weapons last year, it was five issues, and I was done. I, re- I really thought I was going to have to come up with the next pitch to give Valentino. Mm-hmm. But uh, around issue three or four, he's, he told me to just keep going and all that. And I had to rework some of the ending and all that. And then, of course, think about the larger picture because it needs to be – I always think in my mind that a good ongoing series is character-driven more than plot-driven. I mean, of course, there's still plot, but you need to have some solid characters that people will follow no matter what's going on. Yeah. You know, like The Walking Dead. You know, it doesn't matter. You're following those characters <laughs> because you you have a vested interest in what happens to them, no matter what's going to happen. And uh, same thing with Batman and Spider Man and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I had to really come up with the concept in my mind that I'm going to create good characters, and that's that's what's evolving for me because I have been a, a concept driven, plot driven guy for so long. That's my challenge right now with five weapons. Hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, so can you tell us uh, where to find you online and what you have going on right now, uh, uh, work-wise? Uh, well, uh, yeah, you can find me on um, Twitter, you know, Jimmy Robinson. At, uh, you know, Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy it, It's all, yeah, Jimmy Robinson Twitter. There's Tumblr, Jimmy Robinson Tumblr. There's Jimmy Robinson Facebook. I use my real name. I don't... Uh, uh, yeah, J-I-M-M-I-E. Uh, you can find me that way. What I'm doing now, uh, there's obviously five weapons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm also doing some work for a museum in Norway right now. Um, I'm tr- they, they asked me to do a, um, a, 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 an installation of two pieces that you walk between, which shows two sides of a conflict. Wow. This, muse- this museum in Norway is uh, a war museum. There, it's where one of the it's one of the original places where heavy water was manufactured for you know like atomic weapons and whatnot. Yeah. And um, so they have these war museums there that talks about conflicts throughout the ages and all that, specifically in World War II. And they're you know they're keeping up with the modern format of uh, today's military conflicts and whatnot. And they called me up and asked me to do, if I wanted to do a comic book style representation of two sides of a conflict. So we have like the Western powers, I guess, Europe, of course, you know, USA, yeah. <laughs> and all that, and our military might and, and all that versus the other side. And, and I need to justify, hey, why did we go to, why did we do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then I have to show the, then I show the other side, which is, you know, I guess we have to say the Middle East or whatever. And why did they do that? Because everybody's, you know, terrorist is another person's hero. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm trying to, you know, on one side I need to justify why somebody puts on a suicide vest mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or does terrorist attacks against uh, another country. And on the on the on the, on the other side, I need to show you know all the Western powers and their justification for you know 
they're attacking our freedoms or whatever. And, and the other side saying they attacked us first kind of thing. Yeah. That's <laughs> wild. Us. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the curator over there, I guess he's a fan of bomb queen cause he, he likes my work. <laughs> <is that? laughs> and, and I guess because I took the villain side in bomb queen that he said, here's a guy who sees it from both sides. Wow. And, and so they, yeah, they commissioned me to do this, um, installation which will be i guess april may it'll, it'll be up over there will there be uh like an online component like can we see this thing <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. my real question <laughs> well you know, this this is another this is another um uh time where like you were saying you know i make comments i mean here i might get in trouble yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because here i'm gonna justify terrorism on yeah. one side <laughs> you know i'm gonna say because because at first i was thinking sure i could do all this but then i'm like no no i have to really I have to really justify both sides. Yeah. I can't, you know, criticize America. I have to make America look right. Yeah. This is why we did this. And then I have to do the same for the other side. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to scan it. And, of course, I have all the, uh, the art and everything. I need to talk to them if I can do that because I don't know if I can show it online. Yeah, maybe after I'm, the exhibit or something like that. It, exactly. So, you know, and, of course, I, I hope they're going to send me pictures and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want it to be something you walk through. So it's going to be blown up really large into this kind of a wallpaper thing. And you walk through this two sides and you judge on your own what, you know, what you think is right. That's kind exciting. Of, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm trying to give that a spin and give it a, you know, a kind of a comic booky spin because they want some superhero imagery in there as well. Yeah. So, I've got this patriotic hero or whatever, you know, in this pose with the salute and all that, the American flag and, <laughs> you know, a real pro-war stance there. All the good stuff. <laughs> good stuff. So that, that's what I'm working on now besides uh, uh, five weapons. And um, I'm, I'm just keeping it at that point. I've even reduced the amount of conventions I'm going to because, you know, I just, I gotta, I'm getting behind. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's where I am now. <laughs> Well, awesome. Uh, thanks for talking with me. No problem.